everybody black. <laughs> I am. Betting on black tonight. Welcome to Black Mentality, where we aim to intersect our daily black experiences with our mental health needs. What does that mean? Well, really trying to achieve the state of mental wellness in this economy as a black person. And let me tell you, it definitely is being tried right now. It's definitely being tried. Um, but anyway, I just want to acknowledge the country that I'm in. So I'd like to acknowledge and pay my respects to the traditional owners of this nation. I'm coming to you from Darug and Gadangaran land. And definitely thank you again for the overwhelming support for the fourth episode. I tend to just like honestly make this podcast kind of for myself. Like I've, <laughs> I've realized like I kind of have a running journal in a sense and I tend to want to get opinions from other people and see what other people are thinking about my thoughts. So it's really interesting whenever I see some great feedback and I'm just like, yeah, thank you. Like, I know I'm the shit. <laughs> Either way, I'm like, thank you. I appreciate the sentiments and the fact that you're actually commenting and listening to my thoughts. And again, I encourage and welcome a dialogue because I really enjoy listening to your thoughts as well so you can always catch me on insta and twitter and my handles are black mentality underscore um yeah so for the last episode which was on colorism the comments were mainly derived from the game and despite that i still had people dming me as well about their personal experiences with colorism that was great because it definitely highlighted that what we all know as well is that there's still something to be said about how insidious colorism is and it really needs to be dealt with and actually be discussed like there's still a lot a long way to go because right now it's still a taboo subject so there's a lot of gaslighting going on speaking of gaslighting you will, you will notice as i go on with my topic today but it's definitely got a theme about gaslighting and you understand more when I get into it. But before I, I actually begin though, I want to acknowledge how trying the times are for black people. I want to acknowledge every black person in the way that they are responding to this situation. There's really no right or wrong way to respond unless you're really siding with the colonizers and telling black people that racism ain't real and that white privilege ain't real, then I'm like, okay, cool you're wrong in this case but for real there really is no right way or wrong way to dealing with this because it is such a struggle for black people and i don't know about you but i just quickly want to actually speak on those um particular struggles and effects that have been going on at the moment well i wanted to speak about a particular rant that i went on i did it's not even a rant to be honest i think i'm just using the word because i can't think at the moment but Basically, um, I really spoke on this on my Instagram and I did speak about how I was finding it really hard and difficult to process the murder of Ahmad. And then a lot of things then happened. Of course, there was Brianna and then there was um, George Floyd as well and everything. So it's been really um, 
it's not that these things are new it's just that the rate at which it is happening and the way that we're constantly being exposed to these things um videos and pictures is what is really also getting to me so i really wanted to quickly speak on the traumatic effects of constantly seeing pictures and videos and of course what it's inciting right now which is protests and which is a lot of almost like a revolutionary um method of um trying to seek change well demand change because we have been for the longest time centuries worth have been actually just basically seeking equality and um there was a lady that was um uh, that went viral and she was like you're lucky that black people are seeking equality not revenge at this stage because damn you have tried us like honestly but anyway so i just wanted to speak on um what i already spoke on in terms of traumatic effects of seeing these pictures so because generally little research focuses on the impact of um witnessing and experiencing constant racial discrimination and violence to black people we as a collective have always had a shared understanding of what we experience so it's generally negative like there's nothing positive about witnessing another black person being murdered so we consistently experience collective and intergenerational trauma from these historical and daily occurrences of violence and this has taken a toll on our physical and mental health and based on the stats in the US black people definitely have more um experience of trauma and have more health um inequality and poorer health prognosis compared to the general population because we're experiencing this on a daily basis i can't imagine how it is in america but then imagine how it is in our own african nations as well don't don't even get me into what happens there and there's rarely any media attention and there's a whole system there like in terms of like what happens in african nations so i i get it like i said there's no right or wrong way and actually approaching the situation for people that are sitting out because of what happens in african nations that doesn't actually then make it to the news but anyway so i was bringing this to your attention in terms of how traumatic it is to see videos and pictures of black people being killed on a daily basis but not even on a daily basis but frequently and it's quite rare to be honest you would see a white person who is suffering on tv on national tv by the way so bringing this to everyone's attention that please always put um a warning um that the content is quite graphic before you share any videos to be fair i do not think that there is a particular reason to share videos because why would it i know why videos are being shared it was a rhetorical question but it's just one of those things where i i'm aware that justice will never be served without those videos however for anyone that does not believe that black people actually have injustice without viewing a video i think it's very problematic the fact that you require a video for you to actually then believe that injustices occur is very problematic in itself and i tend to then say it's really not worth actually trying to have a dialogue or even try to convince that kind of person and my whole topic today is about people like that as well so you understand later on but again i'm also bringing this to the attention of black people so that they can practice emotional checking in with themselves their friends and their family creating safe spaces that allow them to be emotionally vulnerable and divulge the grief really because we really need spaces where we can talk about how 
injustice, brutality, violence, genocides that are constantly occurring. So we really need to be able to talk freely about how we actually feel, how unsafe we feel, and then come together and then process our emotions and then try to find ways to actually then heal from that. And the worst thing is that we know that like healing will have to occur in the same dimension as our suffering. It's unfortunate. But anyway, so I just wanted to quickly speak on that. So for my game this week, on a light note, um, I just wanted to pay homage to our ability as black people to really maintain black joy despite all the fuckeries we have gone through for centuries to be honest i just really wanted to highlight that because i was like we need to know that it's okay as well to exist in this world of suffering and also have some sort of ability to balance that with our our joy with our happiness so it's okay to smile it's okay to be happy yeah so um I really wanted to get your thinking about the times you have managed to be resilient by rating your perceived performance through a series of statements. So what I mean by that um, is I just want you to rate yourself from a scale of 1 to 10 of how true the following statements are. But before I get to that, I just wanted to let you know what resilience is. So resilience is actually considered to be your ability to recover quickly from difficulty. I have a bit of an issue with the word difficulty because for us it's a systemic difficulty so it's very hard to actually recover quickly from systemic oppressions and I'm, and I'm putting quotation marks up there however um I suppose it's just about your day-to-day -day lives and the things that you're exposed to if possible so for this game I want you to rate yourselves on a scale from 1 to 10 in terms of how true the following statements are 10 is that the statement is completely true to you the twist is of course <laughs> is that you have five seconds to make a choice so i will play the game whilst i actually mention the statements to you and i will have about five seconds to actually answer um, these statements so the first statement is i have support from other people in my life nine I have the ability to accept myself for who I really am. 8.5. My confidence is my ability to cope with adversity. 8. I am good at communicating and interacting with others in times of stress. 7.5. I am good at facing challenging problems in life and solving them systemically. Oh yeah, 9.5. <laughs> I have the ability to cope with my emotions in the face of adversity. I would say a six on that one. <laughs> so that was quick for me. I could actually sort of answer that. Um, so let me try and um, calculate that, but I forgot how much it is. But anyway, it will be out of 60. Um, and I didn't do too bad. I think I was at least averaging about like eight. Um, and to me really it doesn't matter how high or low you score on on these scales it's just about actually trying to understand where you are in terms of resilience and this will set a benchmark for you to refer to um in your own resilience journey and you can start sort of like challenging yourself and trying to realize where you are in your journey by asking yourself these questions as well anyway 
food for thought i really struggled by the way to actually come up with a quote this week because i was there were a lot of great quotes about um black hope and resilience and some of them i was just like yes i agree but then they were kind of not exactly (laughs) kind to other ethnic groups um anyway so i chose a quote from maya angelo who is an american poet singer a memoirist and a civil rights activist i'm sure everyone knows who maya angelo is she's amazing anyway so her quote was you may not control all the events that happen to you but you can decide not to be reduced by them it's quite self-explanatory i hope so because just given that i've asked you to um play a game on resilience it's kind of um highlighting that this is about how we as black people have remained um resilient throughout the centuries to be honest of course we need to also give room for us to be quite vulnerable and that's something that we also need to consider however i think it's quite important to highlight this quote this particular time when we're actually exhausted by a lot of the gaslighting and a lot of the shit that happens to us yeah i tend to swear whenever i'm actually really peeved in it um (laughs) and mind you i've been zenning today um anyway so i think we've remained cultural curators creators innovators trendsetters jet setters whatever you want to call it but we definitely have been doing the best and the most despite the oppression like if that isn't again black excellence of course i don't want to minimize the fact that like it doesn't require oppression it shouldn't require oppression but we are such a great and a amazing race because we have been able to remain empowered in the face of adversity remain resilience in the face of adversity remain amazing remain happy remain euphoric remain amazing yeah i'm i'm kind of double doubling up on the words but i just you get what i mean we've remained the best despite everything <laughs> but um yeah so i think the quote really doesn't need me to dissect it any further because it really is um about not letting oppression get the best of us because we've been able to um continue doing all these great things despite in an ideal world in a paradigm where there was no oppression it would be great i would love to again exist without having to balance the fact that we constantly are being oppressed um anyway Betting on Black, this week I have two women. I actually was looking for a man too, but please guys, send me um, whoever you would like to actually acknowledge for their work. So they have to be Black and have to be Australian for them to obviously qualify for this particular segment. So please send in your recommendations. If you need to write letters, if you need to write a full spill about them, that would be great. But I've got Yando Nguyen, so I'm... I hope people know her because I certainly do. <laughs> she is a great woman. She is a commercial litigator with Arnold um, Bloch and Lee Blair. I don't know how to say that, but I will just leave it at that. And she's a community advocate. She is 
phenomenal. She speaks out on racism. She's, she hasn't been censored. She is definitely someone that advocates for the community for reals. Um, so she was in Q&A last Monday and she did such a great job in highlighting this racial issue and the fact that like how horrendous Australia loves to gaslight everything that's happened in this country and then come around and be like slavery didn't exist we're so lucky to be in Australia I'm referencing ScoMore obviously but like clearly we don't want to like be talking about this for during this segment but that's essentially what um, she was highlighting at Q&A and I personally don't believe in the kumbaya narrative that we are being forced to consume at the moment about how majority of people are allies but we're very aware that that's not our current state so i definitely view the actions of people more seriously than what they say and our current state in in this country is that not everyone is kumbaya there's definitely oppression going on we're seeing the same trends that is going on in the US and in the UK in terms of injustice for black people, definitely First Nations people um, and other ethnic migrants. So I, I can't, I can't see this Kumbaya. I really have been squinting my eyes trying to look for it. So Yandol calls it for what it is. If it quacks like a duck, it is a duck. Then the next person is Faith at Google. So she is, oh, I love Faith. Like honestly, um, she's a psychotherapist and an entrepreneur. She also has a podcast called The Healing Process. Um, I've sort of been following Faith for a while because I've heard about her work from another pe- um, another person. I've actually just engaged with her work only last week. I know it's taken me so long. However, I just think these are the types of people that we need in this community because she definitely gets it she understands that as a black person therapy is very much needed and so she's she delivers therapy in a group form or in an individual session so check out her website called thehealingprocess.com and please do um engage and work with her um with the podcast she definitely teaches some um some mental health tips on how to, I suppose, cope with certain things that are going on. But I personally had a great experience with her last week in a group um, um, called the Sister Solace. So that was a black woman support group. And I think more of that is needed for sure. So I'm sure like you're aware already, like I mentioned, uh, my topic really is on gaslighting and resilience as a buffer per se. So yeah so what i mean by gaslighting at the moment is because whiteness as a construct um is the devil of all devils and with any of its loyal disciples really um it's kind of ironic at the same time that i'm actually using a religious philosophy to um explain evilness in its perfect sense but anyway um so what i mean by that is that I suppose perpetrators of historical current and global violence and oppression have convinced themselves that they are honestly the victims this irrational fear that they have is very dangerous because it's an ideology that is basically a weapon somehow some non-black people mainly white people to be honest have synonymized being black with violence 
So that in itself is like such a Dava framework. And my theory really is that this is not the first time that this has been voiced, but that white people are actually aware of the horrific atrocities that they have committed and continue to commit time and time again. Because of this, they have developed these ridiculous and psychopathic beliefs and systems to defend themselves from their imagined threat, to be honest. I know white supremacy has taught white people to center themselves everywhere, but if only uh, white people knew that we actually are over their shit, we really don't want to have them in the center of our lives and that we're just really checking for other people that are looking for peace as well, then a lot of things will be really kumbaya. But of course I'm joking, but it's what I meant by gaslighting. As you're aware, I love actually having black scholars or black academics that I reference. In, in this episode, I will be talking about a white scholar, generally because I couldn't find any black scholar that's spoken about this particular phenomenon. But I think it is a worthwhile consideration to to consider this. My main thing is I used to write a blog, right? Um, this was back in the days when I believed in Kumbaya. And um, in this blog, I did write about a phenomenon that I had also come across um, from a psychologist um, in America. She's not black. However, her work is actually quite great. So she, she was writing about a phenomenon called DAVO. So it's an acronym that stands for Deny, Attack, Reverse, Victim and Offender. So essentially, Jennifer Freud... I think that's it. <laughs> Freight from the University of Oregon um, actually developed this framework to understand the abuser's strategy in addiction and offending. So she recognized that there were patterns of behavior that were constantly um, being displayed by abusers of domestic violence or it could be of um, physical abuse or anything like that. So she realized this pattern was about the abuser denying their behavior and then attacking the individual who was doing the confronting for their behavior. And then that abuser actually reversing the roles of the victim and the offender by making it seem like they're the ones being attacked. So this framework again like it was for abuse and addiction in a say in a sense but it's very observable in terms of how <laughs> these particular functions exist within the world of racism so you can definitely see that the racist behaviors attitudes and thinking can be mirrored using this DAVO framework Particularly the new ones that survivors of racism have substituted um, the word victim with survivor because we're always looking at trying to look at ourselves as more survivors rather than victims. But in this particular sense with the DAVO, you can always see that it exists in the sense that we're always being told that we're looking for racism i'm sure you've heard um these statements or that you're too sensitive um there's no need for that and that um in reality there's there's no actual racism that's going on or the worst case scenario someone could actually say you're being a reverse racist 
oh my gosh reverse racism exists oh my god <laughs> sorry i just had to like wow it's it's just such a ridiculous concept to me that's why i, I kind of had to have a high-pitched voice there and almost mock the whole sentiment <laughs> but yeah so albeit reality again demonstrates that racism exists however in the davos framework it's about the abuser actually denying the fact that they are racist and they try to turn onto the survivors of racism by saying that they are the ones that are actually attacking them even though they initially started with a racist behavior so i did again because you know i always ask you guys questions on my insta um, and thank you for those that reply because like I told you, I really enjoy having conversations with you. So um, I ask people like using um, statements again, whether they had been exposed to this Dava phenomenon. So I just asked a few, I think it was just four, four um, statements and I asked um, for them to select whichever one they had um, actually experienced and so 50% of the respondents actually said that the person actually denied that they were being racist then um 28% reported that the person said they couldn't take a joke and they needed to stop being sensitive then 14% said that the person said that they're the ones that were actually attacking them or being racist towards them. Uh, and then 7% um, said that the person who was being racist started to cry and make them feel guilty. So I'm sure you're, you, you're aware of the term gaslighting, but this is essentially gaslighting. So Davo is just a form of gaslighting, which is about trying to deny the experience that someone is going through. I suppose we're all aware of this particular phenomenon of gaslighting in the sense that like we experience it ourselves with racism, but then... Of course, it also intersects with how we experience it with um, women's issues when it comes to sexual assault, physical abuse, um, sexism as well. So we're quite familiar with this particular phenomenon. So it's really um, a form of psychological manipulation um, where someone plants a seed of doubt in the targeted person. So like the victim to make them question their own memory, perception, or judgment, and then to make them think that, like, they are actually in the wrong or that they are making this up. So, in a sense, that is basically gaslighting. And again, this topic really came um, to my mind because of how for centuries we have been talking about white privilege, we've been talking about injustice, we've been talking about oppression, we've been talking about all types of isms mainly racism in this case for some reason um obviously it's not just for some reason it's been a build-up of a lot of shit that's been going on and it's really become almost like a pressure cooker analogy that a lot of shit has been brewing um a lot more fuel has been added to the fire and the lid has been tightly clipped which is the gaslighting and now because that level of gaslighting has been going on and like people just can't take it anymore they're really unleashed and of course the lid has popped off and 
the protests are underway, um, thus creating this revolution that people are demanding change to actually occur in the justice system, in the institutions that have consistently oppressed people. Um, am I hopeful that things will change slightly? In reality, am I actually thinking people's attitudes are changing? In no way, shape or form do I think that this has actually happened right now because a lot of shit I've seen has been quite performative and the same people that were gaslighting us yesterday are the ones that are like standing in hashtag solidarity. So I'm giving it a bit of time because I need to see consistency. I'm not just impressed by a lot of, oh, I've put a black square up on my Instagram, hashtag solidarity, or I have donated this amount of money. And oh, you need to show me if you're employing black people, or if you're having a particular percentage of black representation within your company, I need to see, I need to see a lot more work. Like, I'm not just going to be impressed by the fact that, oh yeah, you've just um, donated a million dollars. The fact that Disney did that, I was like, bruh, like, don't even come for me right now. Like, the shit that you've done is ridiculous. But anyway, um, yeah, like I told you, my zen was kind of off today. I was really having such a great zen moment. And then, of course, more shit comes out of the world. So I'm just trying to keep your balance right now. However, this is also an avenue for me to process and release my emotions as they are raw so you're welcome to undertake my journey remember i did say it's kind of like a journal too but not really it's actually about trying to survive and trying to get my mental wellness really there not survive and thrive by the way um anyway so how to cope with this racial gaslighting we've been experiencing for centuries well, we already recognize the patterns of all of these undermining behaviors. Like I mentioned with my little quick survey, we're able to identify that we get gaslighted a lot racially, that we get told you're too sensitive, you're, um, it's just a joke, you need to get over it, you're the one being racist, you know, etc., etc. So obviously, being aware of the constant gaslighting we go through, we need to keep in mind that the gaslighting generally isn't about us. It's about um, about maintaining the status quo. It's about ensuring the systems remain oppressive. The systems remain like this so that there's the control and power that they can exert on black people. So obviously this can be expanded a bit more, but just start thinking about why you shouldn't actually consider gaslighting to be personal when this is about actually, obviously it's personal, sorry, but why you shouldn't try to not really personalize it because this has been going on for centuries and it will not be changing anytime soon. We need to um, accept the fact that like our forefathers and mothers have really put up a fight to get us where we are. However, imagine that they have put up a fight to get us where we are right now and the same oppressors have the audacity to think that we are the perpetrators or the threat. Anyway, real imagined, you know how it is. And um, another tip is be aware that you are unlikely able to change the gaslighter. So <laughs> to my point, I was just saying before, we need to recognize that we have 
been putting this fight up for a while now um, and it really is something that we've been struggling with it's not like people haven't tried it's not like people aren't trying and again thank you to all those people that have been protesting that have been putting their bodies on the line really to actually try to get this message heard um, and I just want to acknowledge that yes protests do work certain things have actually shifted in America um, get to see it here as well whether that that's something that we'll see again we'll try to see I think I'm aware of one particular thing I don't I don't really watch Australian media like I mentioned because it constantly made me stay in this particular state of rage from the fuckeries I was seeing so I've really tried to refrain from that but I've heard that they removed um, a lot of content that had blackface and um, yeah I think content that had blackface and that was racially insensitive <laughs> go figure um, so yeah also start rethinking whether the relationship with whiteness is worth putting up with um, because it is constantly attempting to chip away at your self-esteem or our self-esteem as, as, as a collective so really consider is it worth preserving can you actually remove yourself away from a white institute can you move jobs can you let's say leave particular friendship groups if um it's not conducive to your well-being as a as a black person so that's what i mean by that statement honestly then consider building your resilience that you already have because remember we've already inherently been passed down some form of resilience given that we have Yes, we have intergenerational trauma, but we also have intergenerational resilience. We have been able to really surpass everything that's been thrown at, um, thrown at us as black people. So I would say, please, yeah, definitely consider all of that if possible. Um, and then just in terms of tips on how to develop more of your resilience. So again, remember that you have a benchmark that you can use. So in terms of building your own resilience, really, again, I've always mentioned this, lean onto your support networks. I cannot stress this enough, but definitely lean into your support ne networks, make more connections with more black people, attend support groups like um, Sister Solace if that comes back on, but um, Faith at Google had something like that. So if you visit her website, like I mentioned before, you can try to join in sister circles um, or brotherhood circles, whatever it is there is for men. And um, if there's anything for non-binary or um, uh, other people that don't identify with the spectrum of gender, then I will also let you know. If anyone knows, please let me know so I can try and um, find out that information. But definitely, yeah, um, try to build more support networks. And then also try to avoid... Um, I suppose the tendency to view crisis as very difficult challenges that you can never overcome think of a mountain and think about how you can actually um, climb over the mountain by actually mentally building a set of stairs to try and get on top of the mountain and that's then start coming down as well so instead of actually just viewing it as a very steep road up try to find ways in terms of how you can make the steps a bit smaller by reduce the particular problem into small solvable steps that's what i'm trying to say and then accept that change is also a natural and unavoidable part of life so things will change 
it's something you might have to try to affirm in yourself and let yourself know that this is normal. Another tip could be moving towards making realistic goals. So making goals that are realistic for yourself, keeping in mind that yes, you're a black person. However, you should be stopped. Let's say if you need to become a professional of some sort, Go to uni, get that degree or find pathways that you can get to that particular profession. So whether it's going to TAFE or whether it's doing an apprenticeship, do whatever you need to do to then make your goal quite realistic. Um, Also take decisive actions that will help you face your challenges again. So in a particular black framework, this is about removing yourself from particular institutions or places like for example moving yourself away from a workplace obviously you don't just quit your job um, without looking for another job but if you know that this is particular workplace is really doing some damage to your mental health honestly look for another job and then try to um, work somewhere else because there's nothing that is worth reducing your mental health and then look for opportunities that promote self-discovery, um, nurture a positive view of yourself and your abilities. Again, I've always talked about seeing yourself, really celebrating your own achievements. Um, keep things in perspective and in context as well. So really try to realize that again, like I've, I for myself have understood that we live in a world where oppression exists and has existed historically and will remain probably a long time after our lifetime. So for that, my actual context right now is that I am so ready and have been ready and have already actually been doing this, putting my money where my mouth is by supporting other black businesses. I refuse to remain um, hooked into an institution that is constantly chipping away at our self-esteem at our own yeah so I refuse to contribute to that in any way that I can't I'm very intentional in what I do in my daily life um, again maintain a hopeful outlook on life for me that's supporting black businesses empowering um, black people to be resilient um, and to remain empowered in the sense to build ourselves up um, and to do our own thing if possible. And take care of yourself in any way that you know how. Which is exercise, eating healthy. Again, support networks. Whatever it is that you know how to make yourself smile. Be happy. Reframing your thoughts. Whatever it is. It's about trying to do that. Yeah, so let me know what you think about these tips. Please send me a message or whatever on my Insta. At Black Mentality. That's where you'll find me. But thanks for listening guys. Deuces.